Well, as a, as a great prompt for today's, this morning's chat or this morning here in LA and you are in Malavli, India, um, for everybody that's coming across Yoga for Your Intellect for the first time, you can go up a, at the top and click on the name to read a little bit more about our clubhouse and, and also um, go to our link, which we take these conversations and add them to our podcast. You can find all of our resources at YFYI. Uh, .co or yoga for your intellect.com. It's lead to the same place. And, um, and you can subscribe and we would love for you to, uh, if you find this conversation useful, um, and I mean useful, not just interesting, but useful, then subscribe to the podcast on any podcast player or even on YouTube where we just, we just, uh, posted really cool episodes of our time in India, um, uh, last month or about a month ago. Um, and uh, so we had a three-part series that I think might be the best soup to nuts um, overarching conversation on what yoga for your intellect has to do with, and that is the ancient philosophy of Vedanta, um, maybe the oldest known philosophy humans have uh, not just come up with, but continually studied and, and taught for uh, five to 10,000 years. It is. Uh, it always blows my mind when I say that out loud, and the fact that I never came across it until I was, you know, my late twenties. But the conversation uh, today is stop reading. And Joseph, um, he he chose this one and, and put the the title up, um, or maybe we chatted about it briefly. But I this is I'm excited because I have no idea where this is going to go. Um, but you did allude to it uh, in the last uh, minute or two. So we'd love to, to start just by asking, uh, what made you choose this, this topic? And then um, the obvious question of what, what do you mean by stop reading? Yeah, so the thing is that people are either completely not interested in philosophy, you know, like they, it's a waste of time. Why do you bother um, your navel gazing, you know, do something with your life, this kind of thing? This kind of mm -hmm. attitude of like, well, what's the point? Uh, you know, you're corrupting the minds of the youth, whatever it is. Uh, what's the point of philosophy? A waste of time. They're, they're, or, or if even if people are not antagonistic, some people are just like, I don't have time to think about what life is all about. Right. And so there's it's, it's almost like there's di this dichotomy of complete non-interest in thinking about these fundamental questions of life. Or those of us who do think about them uh, go way overboard and are constantly consuming and reading. And now there's so much information to be gained about uh, philosophy in the world that it's it's a it's a cautionary title that uh, either people are not interested at all in in ingesting knowledge about life and living and philosophy or they cannot stop ingesting information. So there's a middle path, you know, there's a way that is recommended uh, to approach philosophy that is not about gaining more and more and more information, you know. So uh, as you know from being an e-learning student of Swami Parthasarathy, he distinguishes between intelligence and intellect. So intelligence 
the way that Swamiji talks about it and, and the way we use it here is, is having information, is having a lot of information. Information which is gathered from external sources, right? External uh, sources, information that you can use uh, to have a good conversation, to perhaps give a good lecture, uh, to maybe make a good argument, to make a living, whatever, you know? That this is, this is information. This is intelligence. And you can get a lot of it uh, through reading, through listening to lectures, through watching more and more uh, YouTube videos, through endlessly scrolling through podcasts. And I'm aware I'm saying that on a podcast. But nevertheless, uh, there has to be some moderation. Otherwise, all we gain is more and more and more information or intelligence as opposed to developing an intellect, which is what we really, uh, that is what is really the need of the hour, not more information. Uh, we just become educated fools if all we do is gain more and more information. What's way more important is to develop the intellect, which is the capacity to think, which is the capacity to penetrate into the world around us, to see through surface things into the depth of things, to see the end in the beginning. This is, this mm. is intellect, you know? And that is not done through reading more and more and more stuff, listening to more and more lectures, mastering more, one more Upanishad or whatever. That is done through our own effort through reflection, through contemplating, through questioning, through, through disciplined discussion, right? Uh, so here at the ashram, we have a three-year residential course uh, where we study 12 books over three years. One of them is the Bhagavad Gita, as you know. The Bhagavad Gita is 700 verses. Some people say 701, doesn't matter. There's an age-old debate about that, but anyway, we spend 12, uh, sorry, two years on that one book, two years on the Bhagavad Gita versus uh, when I was studying South and East Asian philosophy in my first year at Wash U in St. Louis, the Bhagavad Gita was four days. And then the Bodhicherry Avatara was for the next four days. And then the Tao Te Ching and then the, this Gita, that, there were 50 books in a semester. The, the academic approach especially is entirely information driven. It's entirely about more and more and more data, more and more intelligence. It's all about breadth of study. There's no time to go to the depth of it. Here, Swami gives us two years to sit on that one book on the Bhagavad Gita and contemplate it, chew on it, repeatedly think about verses to go to the bottom of it. And that you, in, so in short, you need, what you need is just enough information so that you can exercise your intellect and guide your life better. That's our interest, not to become scholars. So this topic, if a person wants to become a scholar of spiritual history or the archaeology of spirituality or the you know, anthropology of sages or whatever, then sure, then this, this topic doesn't really apply. But if a person wants to do yoga for your intellect, if a person does want to strengthen their intellect so that they're able to guide their lives better, 
then it's not more information that we, we need. It's more thinking. It's it, thinking in the sense, uh, concentrated reflection and contemplation upon less information. Uh, so Swami used to say 20% reading, 80% thinking. That used to be the recommended formula uh, that, that he gave. And um, that, I mean, that's generally what, the theme of where we're going with this tonight. Yeah, go ahead. And I know, uh, I believe it was, I, should, I, should, I mentioned this before and I should have looked this up uh, right after, I'll do it after this, but I believe it was Shankara that said, uh, first there's listening and then there's reflection and reflection is 100,000 times more powerful than listening. Um, mm. And so, yeah, reading, consuming that podcast, consuming this conversation or consuming um, even just, this applies, I think, just as much to the mundane to the philosophical of the self-help section is, you know, it's growing year over year. And it is, especially if you're wired towards that type of information, then, yes, then it is there every other day. There's a, a phenomenal podcast you could uh, consume, but what is what does when you say thinking what does that practically look like and when uh when someone says that reflection is a hundred thousand times more powerful um what do what does that look like and why would that be the case i i I think there's a good foundation for where this conversation uh, will go but i would love to not presume what you mean but actually get tactically know what you mean when you say think and and reflect and then also um why is the value so much more on the reflection than the consumption yeah so um the uh, the first step uh as you mentioned is shravana which is listening uh which is important people do need to take in some information to work with that that does need to happen very few people can just based on their pure life experiences uh strengthen their intellect through reflection upon their own experiences very very few most people need a gym to strengthen themselves they need a trainer they need a guide so there is a certain amount of shravana that is required that listening and that can come in the form of reading that can come in the form of a podcast or an e the e-learning program that we offer that that is essential and and there's nothing wrong at the beginning of someone's journey with kind of surveying the field and seeing what's out there and trying to understand what's out there that's all fine and like you said even even in a mundane uh, a more kind of self-help uh, just you know even in like a physical training thing you, you know if you you look at all the different ways you can train your body, you should pick, okay, I'm going to do this yoga and this style, or I'm going to do that particular gym exercise program or whatever, and stick with it, having chosen. At that point, uh, it's interesting. The very discipline of staying with a certain amount of information, that discipline itself strengthens the intellect. Uh, just as a first step, which is fascinating. Because it's the mind, like I said, a lot of people's mind has no like for any of this philosophy at all, so it doesn't matter. They're not going to read it anyway or pay attention. They're going to watch it. They're going to watch something else on YouTube. But 
uh, for people that are, that like philosophy, that like, as you say, self-help and self-awareness stuff and all that, then the first discipline is to use the intellect to to govern that very like, that very preference, that discipline itself right there begins strengthening the intellect. So when the mind starts being like, hey, I like to read this, uh, I'd like to see what that, that tradition says, I'd like to see what that teacher says, I would like to see what that thing says. The, 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 the very initial restraint uh, of staying with, within one particular system or field or, or practice itself strengthens or the verse. intellect, number one. I'm sorry? Or verse, uh, staying with, I was going to say, or yeah. verse, staying with a single yeah. concept that yes. is being communicated in, in eight words. Yeah, it could be, it could be a single verse. You're right on, on a, like a day-to-day practice level of study. But then, uh, when, when you get into, when you ask what is reflection, the next, so first is, is Shravana, which is listening, taking in a little bit of information. Then is Manana. And one of the the best ways that, that I've heard Manana described is, uh, it's a Sanskrit phrase, Pradipaksha Bhavana. It, it means looking at something from as many angles as possible. So if you just pass by something and, and, and don't really look at it from different angles, you only get a very uh, glancing understanding of what it is. You only get a, a, a surface understanding of what it is, even an object. You know, if you take a, a beautiful piece of pottery and look at it through different angles, look at it from the bottom, look at it from the side, look at it in different light, look at it upside down, you know, look at it at what is it made of and how is it created. That person will have a much deeper understanding of that piece of pottery than a person who just sees a form. He's like, oh, that's pretty. You understand? So that depth of understanding uh, strengthens the intellect. It gives the intellect a much more profound understanding of what the knowledge is saying. Otherwise, we're just lost in the words, as Hamlet said, you know, what readest thou, sir? Words, words, words. We just get lost in the, lit- the literature. I mean, the literature is beautiful. The Bhagavad Gita is, is, a, is a song. It's literally, it's called the song of the Lord. I mean, just the language itself is so flowery and beautiful and lovely that we can read it and be like, wow, that's so wonderful how, they, how he describes that, that piece of life. And never get below the beauty of the words, like the beauty of pot, right? And so you never, it doesn't, you don't get access to the, the true depth and power of of what the the scripture is really pointing at, so uh, or or the or the whichever book it is you're reading, it doesn't even have to be these books. It could be the Bible. There's so much depth in the Bible and the Quran that if you just read it like a like a story, like a Sunday school tale, you you miss the actual profundity, and it is the profundity that your intellect can then use to govern your personality, to manage our own lives you need that that the profound power powerful understanding to to lecture to your own mind to do the self-management that is what we're talking about when we say uh strengthen your intellect Mm. the 
so many things come to mind. I'm jotting um, these thoughts down. It part of this reminds me of in uh, in San Francisco after we sold our company to Airbnb, and we were at Airbnb, and and I was always part of the conversation for acquiring uh, new companies. And I remember chatting with the CFO, who's more financially minded and and thinking about you know the dollars and cents, not necessarily thinking about the combination value of different companies and different teams. And, and I remember we were looking at one deal and, and he threw out this really low number of what he thought it was worth to, to pay for this, this company. And I remember summing, uh, one of the co-founders saying to him, um, it's not about paying the least. It's about getting the most. And, and what was implied was just, you could pay the least, but you could really piss off the team. You can really, mm-hmm. um, maybe they have to take it. Maybe it's, it does make sense to take it, but you're essentially, you know, joining a marriage with this, this team. It's not just you writing a check and leaving. You're about to be in a partnership to then go work together. And as you're talking, it's especially with how we consume a book or, or a podcast so much of the time. And I, I'm speaking for myself. You know, you, you put it on 1.5x speed. Like it's the mm. exact opposite of what you're talking about. You are mm. diving into the next thing without ever really contemplating or reflecting on right. the last thing. You're right. crunching through. How can, okay, Bhagavad Gita, wow, 700 verses. I could read that in like 45 minutes. Oh, let me carve out time to read. And from just looking at it from arm's length, I find myself, uh, it's so easy to get caught up in, oh, this is what it will cost. And yeah. how do I pay the least? Instead mm. of, all right, there's a reason this is still around. This 30, 45 minute read is still around 2,500 years later. And mm. there's a reason that a philosophical master is saying, spend two years on it, not 45 minutes. Um, yeah. But we get caught up in how do we pay the least and go through life trying to pay the least instead of realizing, oh man, the, the switch is death. How do we get the most? Um, because you don't get anything out of it if you right. cruise right. through it for... That's the point. Um, That's the point. Lit- you don't, you, yeah, you don't actually keep anything out of it. And, and, you know, it's been 20 years since I was in a university, but nowadays universities are like... $40,000 a semester, all these crazy numbers, you know? And all it is is information. Information, information, information. Cramming as much information in your head and then you just to pass a test and then you, you pass the test. Nobody remembers. Nobody remembers any of the information. Even if you just want, forget like strengthening the power of the intellect to control the mind. Even if you just want to be able to retain information to use for your practical day-to-day life or in your business or something it's not gonna it doesn't work if we're just cramming more and more information that that's not what that's not how it works it works through repetition it works through depth of thinking it works through practice that's why like in your world you could probably give me a 10 examples of great founders who who dropped out of universities you know because the, the, the real power of success was in not 
their ability to, to memorize old information, but in their ability to think originally, to disrupt yourself, mm. to disrupt your own thinking. I know that's a big phrase in, in that world, right? You could disrupt. How do you disrupt? You disrupt by thinking originally. How do you think originally? With an intellect. Mm -hmm. Nobody who's just got a bunch of information, no encyclopedia ever disrupted anything. <laughs> you know, encyclopedias just keep a record of everything that happened before. So even if a person's listening to this and they're not interested in self-management and spirituality, even if they're just like, okay, how can I be a, a disruptive force in, in my field or whatever? Even for that, I would say, stop reading, start thinking. The great quote that... Uh, uh, Swamiji often talks about is is uh, from uh, Herbert Spencer. You know, Herbert Spencer is this thinker, philosopher guy who was asked, you know, if he was a voracious reader. And he said, if I was a voracious reader, I would be just as much an ignoramus as everyone else. You know, and uh, it, not to not to pick on on anybody, but the 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 greatest people that everybody else is reading are people who stopped reading and started thinking. And, and that's what we're all mm -hmm. studying and getting degrees and what those people said and what those people did. And, and that's where it's at. And from, from our point of view, from a spiritual point of view, from a point of view of developing ourselves, you know, it, it doesn't, it won't help any of us to just gain one more text or one more bit of information or one more interesting theory, what will really help us is to get, like you said, get a grasp on even one verse and go to the bottom of it and understand truly uh, what it's talking about. It, it, I'm sure there's a, a better way of articulating this, but it seems as, as you're talking that it's that knowledge, not information, but knowledge and then wisdom which uh, I think you, you described the intellect as the capacity to see the end in the beginning, which is such a powerful, powerful way of, of thinking about wisdom and, and the intellect, the capacity to see the end in the beginning. You can have all kinds of information, um, but lack the ability to see the end in the beginning and, the, and a decision you're going to make later today, um, fight you're going to have with a significant other or, family member next week and make these choices without this ability to see the end in the beginning. And that has so little to do with information. I mean, even hearing that, um, the intellect, uh, and this is something that we, that we chat about in, in, in handful of, of other conversations and other episodes is the three equipments that Vedanta talks about that, that we all have being the body that we all know and understand the mind, which we all know and understand, but then this other internal equipment, the intellect to guide the mind, the, these two internal equipments, mind and intellect, intellect being one that we just uh, never conventionally hear about. It's, it's, I think it's one of the most uh, amazing contributions of Vedanta, uh, being that you have a body, mind and intellect, but you define it as the capacity to see the end in the beginning. And in the intellect, you chat, you've spoken about it being akin to a muscle, something that must be developed. Um, and, and then it can guide the mind. To, it can guide a powerful mind, powerful but reckless mind. If you develop the intellect, 
but the intellect being this this muscle that can see the end in the beginning it's so brilliant because you can you can hear that and and then uh, you know forget it 10 minutes later or hear it and reflect on it for a week two weeks three weeks and what i loved when i first heard that and and uh forced myself to honestly i just saw the end in the beginning of if i don't reflect on this i will forget this really powerful knowledge bomb of the intellect or or you could even say wisdom is the capacity to see the end in the beginning and so i saw the end in the beginning of if i don't reflect on this i will forget it and then mm-hmm. uh also ironically or paradoxically by reflecting on it um it got stronger and stronger and what i realized by reflecting on it was how weak my intellect was because mm-hmm. i would make choices that really would blow up hours weeks months later that i i could have spent time to understand what are the the repercussions of this this choice or um, the decision on the action I'm about to take. And what I, what was interesting about that reflection was that it, it showed me just how little, uh, of an intellect I had developed. So that was part of it, but it seems like reflection in its own right also shows just how little we hear when we're listening or just how little we're really, um, taking consuming when we are quote unquote consuming. So this stop reading, it's almost like to really read, stop reading. Um, it's, it, it seems like that's what you're saying. Like the whole point of reading, listening, consuming is, is to really digest something, to really grok it or to make it go from information into knowledge, to wisdom. And by just going line by line, you know, speed reading through, um, through nearly anything. It's, it's almost like it's, um, you're saying to really read, stop reading. Is that, am I getting it, um, right? Yeah. In short, we're saying, uh, stop reading, start thinking. So we're not saying stop reading and just like stare into space. (laughs) We're saying stop reading and actually chew your food you know uh they say you're supposed to chew every bite 32 times or 64 times or something no one ever does it but that's what they say if you chew your food 32 times your digestion's better your health is better and all this stuff it's the same thing intellectually We're, we're we're saying stop reading in a sense obviously we don't mean completely at the same time we're saying Sign up for Swami Parthasarthi's e-learning, read Vedanta treatise, join our Zoom classes, but discipline yourself into which information you're ingesting and how much. That's what we're saying, because here's, here's an interesting point that I don't want to miss. Uh, it is the intellect that allows us to use the information that we have. So like you're talking about before you go into the potential conflict with somebody or you go into the meeting that you have or you um, approach some task or skill in your life that you 
quote-unquote, know what you should do or know how to do, but we're not able to actually execute on even what we know we should do or how to do it, that is because the intellect has not been developed. So rather than gain more information and, you know, for example, like you're talking about self-help tools and reading all these different self-help tools all the time, but never actually digesting any of them, you, you could be a self-help master and not be able to uh, apply yourself apply any of it. It takes digestion of the information, strengthening of the intellect to even use the information that we have. This is a crucial point to make. And, and I just will concur with you and uh, to make it a little personal nowadays, like uh, for me, I, I, I don't even, People send me all kinds of stuff to read, right? Because, you know, uh, thinking like, and they're right. And it's, and it's often very sweet. Like people will send me this article or that article or this video or that book oh, or whatever. Oh, I'll send you stuff. I, yeah. used, I used to send you a lot more stuff before I recognized this within you. But yeah, I've sent you so much stuff <laughs> over the years. Yeah, and I, and I don't mean to be rude to like, I, and, I, and I genuinely will, will tell people like, thank you so much. Like I appreciate the thought, but. I'm not going to read it and, and, and it's, I'm not going to read it not because like I, I'm not interested or I don't think it's got something to say or whatever, but um, it, I know that for me it, it would be, it, it'll just go in one ear and out the other because that's how intelligence works. That's how mere information works. Occasionally, and you've definitely sent me some things that fall into this bucket for sure. Occasionally something will come across me that I'll be like, okay. I'm going to actually, I'm going to digest this, you know, and, and, uh, you and I send each other stuff occasionally, but like, like that one Andrew Huberman YouTube video that I sent, you know, recently to you, I've probably watched it 15 times. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, I, if I've decided, you sent it. I, I, yeah. I actually transcribed it yesterday. Uh, this is a, yeah. for listeners, this is a, a, a video. I think it's a 20 minute clip or so on, our neurochemistry around motivation and how um i mean i i, I literally transcribed it yesterday so i was yeah. I, my next question for you was what does thinking look like but but yeah yes. uh, just as a soundbite of how powerful that that resource was he he uh, verbatim says um without a doubt one of the most powerful aspects of our neurochemistry when it comes to motivation is that we can um is the aspect of our dopaminergic system that allows us to associate pleasure with effort um, mm -hmm. and not pleasure and reward after effort but actual pleasure with the effort itself and I mean even that I would not be able to I would not be able to recite that um, to right. you or tell you exactly what he said if I hadn't watched that video several times and taken the time to put it at 0.25x so that I could write out exactly what he was saying. Yeah, that that's it, right? And and like as we as we are, we haven't said in a while, but that video is pure Gita, man. And it was just like, okay, this thing mm -hmm. is going to be worth um, watching ten times. So that that's the reason that I won't I I I won't just read anything that comes across my desk because I know that I. That that's the depth that I that that there's value in is to go to that level of depth 
of something. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lecture that Swami gave in 1999, I, I've sent you, I, I know you've read it, called The Wheel. And I, I read that lecture every month. I was reading it yet this morning, that's why I'm thinking of it now. And it's like, that, that's the thing, like find a few things that, that, that get you into that deeper thought, that simple deeper thought of reality. Whatever those, those, that the amount of knowledge you need to get yourself into that deeper thought of reality and strengthen your intellect and just stop it there and be disciplined there and be disciplined about the information that we intake. And so, like in the e-learning course you're doing and here at the Vedanta Academy, like I said, there's 12 books. And obviously anyone who signs up to move here and live in this ashram for three years, seven days a week, no holidays, no vacations, and wake up at 4 a.m. every day and all this that we do here, everyone here is clearly interested in philosophical things. But one of the major disciplines is sticking to the syllabus, you know, and maybe not for life, but at least for three years to just say, okay, I am going to go to the bottom of these 12 books as much as I can. And what a lot of us realize, and I'm sure you, I know that you also realize, is that it, those 12 books is, is like way more information than anyone's going to digest in a life just there. Once, so once, I think what I'm trying to say is once you get a taste for, for a, this depth of study that we're talking about, you, you're no longer interested in, in just mere information. So that you're not, you're no longer interested in just reading for the sake of reading, for the sake of entertaining your intellect. You are more interested in actually gaining that vision of the truth, number one, and number two, using it to be objective to our life and detached and therefore able to manage ourselves better, which is ultimately the purpose of all of this. Well, if people have questions, feel free to write it in the com in the um, the chat room, and uh, we'll try to pull out the best ones. And uh, it, here yeah, in it looks in like there's a, a lot moment. of them. I wanted I wanted to ask. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, but I want to ask you uh, to round this out. A few more two more questions. One is why is it so entrancing to jump to the next thing and. You know, Jal there at the, the ashram, he gave an amazing talk where he just said, mm. if you take anything away from this talk, it's this, it's not out there. And, right. and it seems like there is this almost lack of trust we have in ourselves that that knowledge, that that information can be cultivated into true knowledge and wisdom within us. Maybe yeah. it's just the world that beats this message into us of like, no, you can't do it. You need this next book, this next seminar, this next podcast. But it's, it's as if I, I, this is my own personal um, thing that I struggle with. It's as if I'm, I'm just wired to think it is out there. It's out there. It's out there. So whatever I just read, it's not good enough. Cause well, the, that knowledge is going to culminate that information is going to culminate in knowledge by reading the next thing, consuming the next thing. But that seems to be it for me of why it's so entrancing to just consume the next thing. I just ordered another, uh, another book. Um, 
last week and and you told me you said i really really caution you from just getting another and this is a, a book from you know a book <laughs> that you love i think it's on your it was on your desk the last time i was with you and uh had caught just a uh a, a quotation from it um somewhere maybe instagram or something and i really loved it i was like oh i want to check out that book and you cautioned me against it um and uh and then I open up the book and it says, uh, literally the first page I open up and it says, um, there's a question. It says, it's a spiritual book. And so I'll read the question and, uh, and then um, you'll know why this is uh, related to our conversation. But I swear to God, open it up to this page, just randomly on page 130 and it says, what is the best thing a spiritual student can do? And the answer is carry out his teacher's instructions. And you had told <laughs> me not to take in another book. And just as uh, as these beautiful divine logistics would have it, today's topic, two or three days after the book arrived and after I saw that, is stop reading. So it is, yeah, I, I definitely am the one that gets the most out of these conversations, anyone. But it is so entrancing to me that it's just, this vision or this this uh thought that it's out there it's out there yeah are there any other reasons of why it's so in, entrancing to to keep reading yeah the it's the nature of the mind the mind's nature is extroverted swami uh just gave that amazing talk um uh amazing talk online which is still at vedanta world tv uh, YouTube channel. It's still available to, to watch. At 95 years old, he just delivered this talk a few couple of weeks ago now, uh, talking about that that tendency to to not look within, that tendency to always be looking externally, and it's simply the nature of the mind. It's 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 one of the a priori truths of Vedanta is. That the, the mind, as you rightly said, we have a body, and within the body are two equipments, manas, buddhi, mind, intellect. The, the mind's nature is to go out. That's what, just what it does. You open your eyes, and you see the world. You're, you wake up, and you hear the world. You smell the world. The senses stimulate the mind. The mind goes out. And the same thing is functioning uh, in terms of knowledge. It takes the intellect to direct the mind within it takes the intellect to direct that external flow of the mind which automatically goes out into the world and to look within and the problem is you know krishna asked this question all the time he says you know uh, at one point sorry arjuna asked krishna this question in the gita he says what is that force which takes me out of myself, which makes me do things I don't want to do, etc., which pushes me out into the world. And Krishna says, it is desire. It is the mind. It is nitya vairin, ever the enemy. It is the nature of the mind which drags us out into the world and is duspurena nalena cha, unfillable like fire. It, it, the more it gets, the more it wants. 
that's the nature of the mind. It functions on the sensual level. It functions materialistically. It functions emotionally. It functions intellectually at all levels. And so if the mind likes these ideas, it'll want more and more and more. And that's just its nature. So the intellect, going back to how we started this thing, has got to question why am I collecting this information in the first place? Why am I pursuing this? What is the purpose of knowledge in the first place? Trying to create that taste for the inner exploration. Not taking for granted that it's just one, that the, the, you know, the mind, one more piece of information will get me there. Not taking it for granted, questioning it and directing the personality to ultimately look within. So the problem is the mind is too loud, the desires are too strong, the intellect is, not, is too weak and just can't resist it. And so it just gets loud, the mind gets louder and stronger and pushes us more and more and more outward. So the intellect has got to consciously make an effort to restrain its intake at all levels, including intellectually, which is the topic today, uh, and try to actually use some of it. So actually hold a thought and identify with it and use it as a tool to directly look at yourself rather than just thinking about thinking about yourself. So thinking about your true nature, looking towards your true nature is different, very different from thinking about looking at your true nature. It's a subtle difference, but this is, the, this is what we've got to grapple with. When the intellect actually takes our energy, our thought flow, our awareness, and looks towards our true self, that is the purpose beyond the ritual of study to kind of just bring it back full circle. Brother James, you may be, you may be uh, muted there. Brother. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I was muted All there good. for a second, but I just All good. started to think that it's um, Rick Rubin, the, the, that, Fame producer, you and I have chatted about Heck him. Yeah. Um, Heck record yeah. producer for, for, uh, for almost every major artist in the last 30 years. And I remember him saying on, in a conversation that he doesn't read anything that isn't a thousand years. These days, he doesn't find himself reading anything that isn't a thousand years old. And yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really fascinating, especially from one of the quotes or one of the stats that I mentioned. In our con- I've mentioned in, in previous conversations that really still blows me away every day that when I think about it is the, the average American is subjected to over 2,000 advertisements a day. So the mm-hmm. message, no matter how, how much mental fortitude, intellect you might think you have, you've got to compete in a world. You've got to s- essentially work through and navigate 2,000 different messages a day telling you that it is out there if it's an advertisement selling you mm-hmm. on something that is going to you know give you completion that's going to give you happiness the watch the car the, the degree whatever it is um it is it is trying to it seems to be trying to reinforce this message of it is out there it is out there it is out there mm-hmm. and what is to 
Um, because of time, I'll, I'll kind of just go through some of what I've jotted down from what's been said. It seems like you're saying the the message, not only from today, but also the message in the things that have been around for over a thousand years is it's not out there. It is through going deep and going within, not only the message of something like the Gita, but also the message of, of this conversation of stop reading because it's not about the next sentence or the next book. Um, it is about going deep. And it might be within, after you've surveyed the land, might be going deep with one tradition or deep with one book or deep with one verse of a book that spoke to you. But it is going deep, uh, not going wide, and then going within and not moving on to the next. Um, and and this seems to stem from, please correct me where I'm wrong in, in tying these points that we mentioned together, but it, it seems to connect with that central contribution of, of Vedanta being that you have three equipments, the body, mind, and intellect, intellect being like a muscle. And what's great about that articulation, it's subtle but really powerful in articulating it like a muscle because it is like you no one would think oh i i'm going to get the joy of surfing by learn by reading about a surfer talking about how to surf you might get right. some initial um joy of the novelty of reading about it but no one would think i'm going to learn to surf by reading about uh surfing it is an right. experience and and the experience the most seems to be the most powerful well, in surfing for for me, the the most powerful part of surfing and learning to surf is when you do it, when you do uh, try to experience it, you realize how far you, I realize how far I am from where I want to be in a way that I would never, ever have a realization if it's just conceptual reading instead of experiencing. And and then the last thing that, that seems to be uh, worth uh, calling out is you saying that um, quoting the mind is this eternal did you say eternal enemy nitya vairin ever your enemy because it's driving us away from our original state of perfection and that and that um, ever your enemy that eternal enemy of uh, not in some uh, sadistic way but in this very subtle seductive way of mm. it's in the next thing you're so yeah. close just yeah. take in one more book one more paragraph one it's in the next chapter dude i read i i watched a uh, something recently that uh, where an author was talking about the secret to uh, i think it started with a twitter thread um and while I was reading too much online and, and it, he basically, it's like seeing how the sausage is made. He's a, an author talking about how to hook readers. Um, and he's written 190 books or something. He says at the end of each chapter, promise the impossible. He said, literally says this promise the yeah. impossible <laughs> for the next chapter to hook yeah. the reader. And I feel like, especially in, in the, uh, the modern, self-help age every one of these authors learns that i you know to hook them in the next chapter then the next book to get them to the seminar 
um, mm-hmm. somehow learns this this promise the impossible for the next thing. So it's also just it is somewhat sadistically uh, written into into uh, what we are consuming, but much more uh, much more pertinent to this conversation. It seems like it is this subtle, seductive ever the enemy mind that says oh it's the next thing it's james you're almost there just read this next verse that takes us away from um information becoming knowledge becoming wisdom in the current verse and did i kind of chronicle the conversation properly yeah man i think you you hit some great points and just maybe one last thing is that it's in as we always say the the very word Vedanta, this philosophy that we are devoted to, uh, means it's two words: Veda, Anta. Veda means knowledge; Anta means end. And it is saying, in its in the very title of the philosophy, it's saying that the truth, the experience, is beyond knowledge. In other words, it negates itself. In the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, somewhere in verse 20-something, maybe 40-something, he says, it, as is the use of a well of water where everywhere water overflows, such is the use of the Vedas to the seer of the Supreme. So he's saying, once you see the truth, you don't need the Vedas anymore. You don't need the knowledge. You don't need Vedanta itself. It's meant to take you to some place and release you there. And uh, that mm. shows, I think, the, the awesome wisdom of the philosophy. And um, while we, we should not jettison the philosophy prematurely in our life, we should neither get involved in any of the information and knowledge that is so beautiful and amazing along the way. I think that's, that's what we, we were pointing at this evening. Okay, well, the last practical question for you is, uh, what does that thinking look like? Like, I, w- I want to know pedantic, I want every detail of like, what does that, your reflection and thinking look like? Is it transcribing? Is it writing it out? Is it uh, walking and thinking yep. about it? Just for us to take this into our Fridays here, uh, sure. Friday morning in LA, what does that look like? So, uh repeated uh, exposure to the same information, varam varam in Sanskrit. It says again and again. So less information, uh, more reflection. So take something and really squeeze it, chew it, digest it. Um, the e-learning program that you're doing is, is amazing in that it, it does that for you. Swami constantly uh, repeats again and again uh, the same ideas so that it's, he calls it pile driving. This is, this is the right approach to this, to this knowledge. And there's a link in our yfyi.co uh, website, uh, yogaforyourintellect.com, either one. There's a direct link to the e-learning. If you ask me, that's the best way to do reflection at this point. If a person can't do that, then take a book, take one of the books, we, of course, recommend certain Vedanta books, but whatever the wisdom tradition is that you're, you're working with, read 20%, reflect 80%. I mean, literally in time. 
take in a piece of information, look up from the book, reflect, question it. Don't take it for granted. Analyze it. Chew on it. Look at it from so many different angles until, you know, it has no more taste for you. And only then move on to the next topic. And do the, or the next paragraph, or the next line. And then do that. And stay with a limit, generally stay with a limited syllabus of information once you've understood this is the path I've chosen. And, you know, for those who are interested in what books we recommend and the e-learning the e and stuff, they can reach out to us here or on our Instagram at Yoga for Your Intellect or through the website or whatever. And we're very happy to guide people. But that's the, that's the thing. Less information, more thinking, more questioning, more analyzing, exercising your intellect more than just absorbing somebody else's intellectual conclusions, which is, is information. So do that more and then forget it. And then just live your life, man. And then don't like bother. It's like going to the gym, you know, go to the gym, work out, do your exercises, and then just live your life normally. You don't constantly think about whether, you know, every, every day of your life, every, your muscles are being extra. You don't, you don't function that way. People go to the gym and then you just enjoy being healthy. So also don't have any result orientation. That's important. Just enjoy the study and the exercise of uh, bathing your intellect, stretching your intellect, doing yoga for your intellect every morning the way we've just described. Just enjoy it. Do it. And just you'll be better. You'll be more objective. And like I said, if anyone needs any ideas on, on knowledge and how to approach it, uh, either you or I, uh, they can reach out to. And we're really happy to to share with more people. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, and I can, the underscore, underscoring the non-result orientation um, as, a, as a, a takeaway, it's not to complete the book. In fact, it is that result orientation in my mind that destroys uh, that reflection time. Um, and, you know, you think I'm 46 pages into a 200 page book. I can't wait to get to the end. And that's the, uh, that is the ever, that is uh, the eternal enemy. But the, um, but I will say that what happens when these things start to cook within you, when in my 20s, it was starting three different companies, burnout, failure, 18 months of, of just burnout, depression uh, of with one of my previous companies now uh, running two companies two kids, a third on the way, two podcasts. I don't say this in any, uh, I, with, with no bravado, but just really for this statement, it all feels effortless compared to, um, to what I was doing before. It's, it's like, this has been a manual for life for living and working effortlessly. Um, so there is, is that, I guess, a result that one can keep in mind of what is the practicality of, of this, uh, of studying philosophy, something that you know we conventionally think is so esoteric and irrelevant to our lives. Um, but the uh, the point is so well taken of just a little bit at a time, and then go live your life. It's it is it seems to be time is an ingredient here for it to cook within us, um, as important as as maybe any other ingredient versus just you know the message of more. 
Um, some of the questions that we got, um, and I know we're bumping on time, but uh, Joseph, if you have the time for a few of these, one is, um, I'm scrolling, there's so many, I scroll through. Uh, one mentioned um, that the Gita, and this is a misconception, but it is a common one, it's worth calling out. It says, I believe in the Gita, the king gave away everything. Are you prepared for that? So it's a warrior prince. Uh, talking with his charioteer in the Gita and uh, gave away everything. That is a massive, you know, renunciation in general is a massive misconception when it comes to uh, Vedanta or or nearly any wisdom tradition. Um, Joseph, do you mind touching on that misconception that this philosophy does not culminate in you needing to give away anything? Yeah, absolutely. All, all we have to do is drop our value for everything. And, and that's not, you know, obviously, <laughs> that's not all, all you got to do is drop your value for everything. No big deal. But yes, <laughs> that, that, that is renunciation. Renunciation, Vedanta is a total shift in values, ultimately. That, that's what it is. So the king is ready to, to give away his kingdom or he's ready to be in prison. He's ready to be in a palace or he's ready to be in a slum and it won't affect him either way. That's Vedanta. It has nothing to do with what you have, what you don't have. There's no lists of how much you have of this or how much you have of that. There's no material definitions of spirituality whatsoever. You can be wealthy and spiritually poor. You can be poor and be spiritually wealthy. You can be vice versa. There's infinite combinations. What matters is, where are your thoughts? That's the bottom line. Where is your attention? Do you, mm. the very center verse of the Bhagavad Gita, the very middle of the Bhagavad Gita, uh, chapter 9, verse 22, it says, create in your mind the thought of reality. That's it. Sorry. It says, ananya chinta, no other thought. That's it. So the whole thing is this whole gym for the intellect that we're trying to inspire people to get to join <laughs> is called Vedanta is only to make that thought of the reality more and more and more present in our life. And if we do that, it really doesn't matter what you do. If you're objective, it doesn't matter what you do at all. It doesn't matter. You can rob a bank and still be spiritual. But I mean, you know, we don't recommend that. But it doesn't matter what you do. If you have your thoughts on the higher, you're a renunciate. You're a spiritual person. That's what it that's what it's all about. Right. And uh yeah, there are many famous kings that were far more uh philosophical, spiritual uh evolved than than any wealth they had, but it did not require them to part with their wealth. In fact, being king was one of the most, that was the most useful thing they could be for their community. King Jonica comes to mind. Um, and and the last question, and, and then I've got to get to dad duty, and I'm sure you've got to get to, to bed over there, um, is it's very important to have direction when seeking. What direction would you give this morning to someone? Um, a, a part of me wants to, would want to say, You'll go to yfy.co, but actually it seems like the much more uh, relevant thing to say is if there's something that spoke to you from today's conversation, to write it down and reflect on it. 
don't go to the next thing. The whole point of the conversation is the direction is, could I sum it up, Joseph, as going deep and going within? Um, obviously, you, you touched on you need a bit of information in the beginning for it to, uh, to ferment into, into knowledge, into wisdom. But um, could it be summed up as going deep and going within once you feel like you are scratching at that, um, at that information that can become the knowledge and wisdom? Yeah, it, it could be that, um, but I don't know if it's, if it's so easily directly accessible if someone's just starting. What there needs to be is daily, daily, daily exposure to a regulated amount of knowledge. That's the direction mm -hmm. that's required. Daily, it has to be daily. It's like anything. You can't get fit by exercising every other week, you know. So if a person wants to strengthen their mm -hmm. intellect, they've got to understand consistency is king. You've got to do it every day and do a little bit and do it in a disciplined way. I would recommend they start with Swami's book, Fall of the Human Intellect. Read one paragraph, reflect, then the next paragraph, the next paragraph. This is my recommendation or whatever it is that inspires yeah. them. But fall, fall of the Human Intellect by Swami Partisarati. And that will, that will create in the mind that higher thought, which then gives you a direction. So that the direction is a result of a clear, what we call higher ideal. The whole intellect functions based on the presence of a higher ideal. It's like uh, a mariner on the ocean needs the North Star to guide himself. You understand? So once mm. you study enough, you reflect enough slowly, you gain that thought of the higher, then the direction is very clear. So you can't just go pick up a direction tomorrow. Then that, that, That's easy. It would be easier if that was the case. First of all, we have to get a direction. And that comes through, as we've been talking about, systematic, disciplined, daily study and reflection upon the higher. And we're happy to help if, if this such person a, would like to reach out. Yeah. Yes, yeah, such a better uh, answer than, than uh, what I would give or what I gave. So that is brilliant. and. Uh, and I appreciate it, Joseph. And uh, yeah, for anyone that wants to shoot us a note, uh, Yoga Free Intellect on Instagram, DMs, uh, huge budding community there, which is really cool to see uh, over the last few months. And, and DMs there usually get replied to uh, pretty quickly, um, most typically by, by Joseph. But um, thank you, Joseph. I, I love these conversations. Like I said in the beginning, I feel like uh, I gain the most of, of anyone that joins, but uh, I have a feeling it's been useful for, for many people that, that were able to join today. Thanks so much, brother. It's been awesome, and uh, we'll do it next week. All right, everybody. Yeah, every Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific time, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time, our clubhouse, Yoga for Your Intellect. You can uh, follow us here, follow us on Instagram, follow us on your a favorite uh, podcast app um, for more. And, uh, and I think hitting it on the head, follow the human intellect is a, is a perfect place. Every single one of, of these books that we're mentioning is they're so accessible. That's, I think that's also a great misconception. 
that we culturally have around philosophy is that it's esoteric, it's inaccessible. Um, and yet something like fall the human, it's like the first three sentences will hit you like a ton of bricks and the rest of the book, it's why it's such a renowned book, but, uh, it's also very, very accessible, simple read, but more important than the accessibility of it is, uh, is the point you just made Joseph of it being a daily regimen. No one would, yeah, approach physical strength, uh, with the idea of like, let me hit the gym for four hours every six months it is such a uh, a great point that it that it's it is meant to be daily uh, and that's a great place to start uh as well as checking out the clubhouses each week all right joseph thank you sir enjoy the friday over there in india and i'm looking forward to you getting back to la i think in like i think it's in like three weeks or so it's coming up that'll be great looking forward brother see you then and see you next week or hear you here next all week. right Yes, we'll see everybody next week at Clubhouse and uh, or on Instagram if you got questions. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Joseph. And we'll chat with everybody next week. How are you? How are you?